welcome to are you quizzing me i'm vinit nair with my co-host aditya kashyap this is a quizzing trivia podcast show where we ask each other questions and share what we know and learn with you though in a quizzing format it's not competitive the questions are simply a way of sharing our love of trivia so sit back relax and join us as we explore the depths of human knowledge here's the format we ask each other questions alternatingly as many as time permits while giving as many clues as needed to help each other get to the answer let's get quizzing it's another day and another episode and we are back aditya and i for a round of quizzing but before we start we have to answer the question that aditya asked all of us last episode so aditya what is your question and what is your answer so we were talking about countries co-opting um sports and putting their own country name like american football uh in front of it to completely just monopolize it and mm-hmm. i asked which country could do that with the, the 100 meter dash okay and vinith uh, i have to tell you that i am very proud of this answer as i am of most of my answers every week in this you case it would be <laughs> come on man all right in this case it would be the asian country of iran because you don't even oh, need god. to change anything you just say iran oh god <laughs> seriously dude i yes. really don't know what to do with you anymore <laughs> iran you, you just you iran just have to iran the 100 meters iran 100 meters iran, iran 100 meters iran 100 but it would be exactly. iranian 100 meters na If you're using American uh, football, see, I, 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 I can't puncture your balloon a little bit. I'm going to rain on your parade today. <laughs> But, um, oh, though, if you, if you were to be nitpicky like that, technically, Iranian would be an uh, anglicized way of saying it. Uh, okay. The, the, I imagine the Irani way of saying it would be Irani. So, Irani 100-meter uh, dash, which still sounds pretty cool if you ask me. Okay, okay. Rani, okay. 100 meter dash. <laughs> oh, this is so inane. Okay. Okay, okay. So let's get down to business uh, as to what martial matters. Uh, I think it's my turn to start off the proceedings today. Let us hit it off with your question. Yes. So I'm going to start with something a little fun. Okay. During, uh, this is sports, by the way, so brace yourself. Okay. Uh, <laughs> During the 1930 World Cup semi-finals between the United States and Argentina, the North Americans were taking a kicking in more ways than one. They eventually lost the match at 6-1, but it was also a very ferocious match with a lot of challenges happening. One particularly bad tackle uh, required that the US trainer one mr jack cole to enter the pitch to give some treatment however very shortly after he was carried off the pitch unconscious can you guess why oh uh, hmm. <laughs> okay let me just let me, let me just say this up front i don't even think it qualifies as a quiz question but i found <laughs> this piece of trivia and i was like there is no way i'm leaving this out of the next episode All right okay no i love those questions the most i am going to venture a guess um he ran into the the pole like a cartoon character just 
bang on and you are half right in that it is very cartoony oh but it's not the fact that he <laughs> ran into a pole um no i i have no idea absolutely he got hit in the head by a ball by a stray ball no <laughs> no i'm very being very unfair with you i don't know how you could possibly guess this but uh <laughs> let's just say that this has been a trope uh, of a lot of slapstick comedy movies especially you know spy Did movies he and slip on a banana peel no not exactly let's, <laughs> let's just think about just think of maybe like you know uh, a spy movie or an action movie or somebody trying to kidnap you know there's a farce and somebody is trying to kidnap somebody you know there's some there's a particular trope in that which came which basically you know ran in real life during this match oh i know what so if it's a kidnapping trope then it is somebody driving up in a maruti van opening the doors and pulling you in and all <laughs> That's the trope I know for kidnapping films in Bollywood, especially. <laughs> uh, okay, no, 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 I have no idea. I have no idea, absolutely. Okay, so I, I, as I said, this is not something you could probably guess, but this is so much fun. Okay, so mm. as uh, Mr. Jack Cole, trainer of the U.S. national football team, no, uh, no, no, walking... I want one clue. I want one clue. I want. A, I want to try. You want a clue? Okay, you want a clue? Yeah. You want a clue? You want a clue? Okay. Uh, uh, oh God, how, what kind of clue can I give? <laughs> um okay so let's just think of this if you were thinking of the movies in the 70s or uh in india or in hmm. even in uh, i don't know much in hollywood i don't think this was a huge much too much of a trope but in uh, if you were supposed to kidnap somebody in the 1970s right and you wanted to do it quietly what would you do or what would you use chloroform yes bang on <laughs> what? What is chloroform have to do with anything? Okay, okay please so, tell me. Please tell me. Okay, so 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 Mr. Jack Cole, trainer of the U.S. national football team, trotted onto the grass, and as he was walking along, he dropped his medical bag, and in doing so, he broke a vial of chloroform which was in the bag. The fumes okay. knocked him out. And as a result, it was he rather than the player that he went to treat who was uh, carried off the pitch. Vineet, I gotta say you're playing fast and loose with the whole <laughs> quizzing idea here, but I'm so for it. I'm here for this, <laughs> for trivia, which nobody should know, nobody would know, but now we do, I guess. <laughs> Should should I should I just you know make up for this uh, silly question and just ask a serious one? Oh, and uh, you know what? No, let's leave it at that. Let, let's uh, let's treat it as a proper question. I love I love it. I will okay, we'll wait great. for a proper question next. Yeah. Great. Okay. okay. <laughs> I have nothing remotely as interesting, but let me try. Um, this I'm talking about uh, a garment, a piece of garment. Okay. Uh, that is the most expensive garment ever uh, sold at a Christie's auction back in 2006. There are three versions of this garment. Uh, one is uh, kept in an archive. Um, the other is at a museum of garment in Madrid. And the third one okay. was the one that was at the Christie's auction. Okay, so this is the most expensive garment ever sold. In 2006, it was for 607,000 euros. 
So uh, is it is it like a record that still stands, or was it just for something that at that point of time? Uh, the article that I'm referring to is from 2020, and okay. it says it is still the highest, the most expensive for a garment. There is a small caveat, but I'll get to the caveat later. The, okay, um, it, it'll be a, it'll be a clue. Yeah, let's say that. Okay, no, so you'll have to give me a clue because I I'm currently I'm like, what kind of garment is it? Some kind of film prop. You have given yourself the hint, I guess. Oh, okay. <laughs> yes. So it's a, it's um, the caveat drop. was the caveat was it is not the most expensive garment ever. It is the most expensive garment that has been seen in film. Oh, yeah. Most expensive garment that has been seen in film. Okay, so we're talking about iconic. Oh, okay, okay, okay. I have a, I have a guess. Um, is this the uh, little black dress? From uh, breakfast at Tiffany's. Vineet, sometimes I just wonder what do you eat for breakfast? <laughs> because <laughs> by the time midnight rolls around, you're still <laughs> working at 100% of <laughs> uh, efficiency. Yes, you are right. That is the answer. It is the, the black dress, Holly Golightly's dress from uh, breakfast at Tiffany's. Uh, so, just a little bit more trivia in relation to this. So this was designed by, oh boy, I'm going to embarrass myself, but uh, Hubert de Givenchy. Is that how that oh. uh, fashion brand is pronounced? Uh, okay. G-I-V-N-C-H-Y, however that is pronounced. Oh, that's Givenchy, uh, right? Givenchy? Givenchy, Givenchy, Givenchy. 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 Okay. So. Uh, I'm not sure yeah. either. I'm not even going to bother fact-checking this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that uh, so the guy uh, designed it, and uh, th- this was obviously for Audrey Hepburn for the movie based off of the book Breakfast at Tiffany's, for which, by the way, Truman Capote, the author, had had envisioned um, uh, not Audrey Hepburn, rather Marilyn Monroe, who turned down the role, and mm. hence the iconic role went to um, Audrey Hepburn, and uh, this was sold in an auction. At Christie's in 2006 for a whopping 607,000 euros. Um, the other two versions of the dress, one is at the archive of Givenchy and uh, one is at the Museum of Garment in Madrid. And uh, the, the money that was raised was actually given uh, for, for funds for children in Kolkata for underprivileged kids in Kolkata. So that's Whoa, okay. a little bit of an India tie-in over there. Yeah. Okay, you gave me a very nice segue when you connected it with India. So my next question is a very Indian question. Again, this is, uh, I love this piece of trivia because I don't think many people know this about this particular person, even though he's very, very famous. Okay, so here's, it's it's a little bit of a long question because this person's had a very eventful life. Frankly, I'm jealous. In 1947, this individual along with his wife, after leaving their infant son at home, conducted a daring flight through Dutch guns and rescued the first PM of Indonesia and other Indonesian freedom fighters. Apart from rescuing one PM, he was also the one who named a future president of Indonesia. He later flew sorties over Kashmir in 1947. And this kind of daring was nothing new to this man. Okay, he had flown innumerable sorties to rescue British families fleeing the Japanese advance on Rangoon. 
He dropped arms and supplies to Chinese troops while fighting the Japanese and later to the Soviet army struggling against Hitler's onslaught near Stalingrad. Before that, he was jailed by the British for dropping political leaflets to Indian soldiers fighting under British command in Burma. He also flew clandestine missions that carried Congress party leaders from hideouts across India. Although very initially close, very, very initially close to the Nehru Gandhi family, he was one of the first individuals to be jailed during the emergency. He has twice served as a chief minister of a state and has an airport, stadium and university named after him. And in something of a very unique honor, I think, even across the world, when he died, his coffin was wrapped in not one, but three national flags. Who is this guy? Who is this individual? Hmm. Just based off of the last clue, somebody who's been honored by multiple countries, I would have guessed Rabindranath Tagore, but I don't think Tagore was flying around that much. No, I think by 1947, he had passed away. Fair enough, yeah. Um, Okay, multiple countries. Pilot. um, Is this that uh, the chap who was... But again, he's famous because he was his court case was the one which led to juries being. No, uh, you're talking about Nanavati. You're thinking of Nanavati, Nanavati. right? Yes, he was a naval officer. He was a naval officer. Oh, he was a naval officer. No, right. He was not a pilot. He was a naval officer. Yes. Hmm. Uh, Pilot who has who has been the chief minister uh, twice over. Yes, he's twice served as the chief minister of a state. Is it the same state, and which state is that? Ah, okay. If I give that, that's kind of giving it away. <laughs> oh, but, no, no, uh, trust me, I don't. I wouldn't be able to guess. But I'll give you this: his son is also a chief minister. Oh, is it uh, Sachin Pilot? Uh... No, 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 no. Oh, okay. <laughs> that, nah. that oh, that a... would be a very nice one if it was Pilot, but no. <laughs> Cute little tie over there. Okay, uh, his son is also chief minister, and of the uh, same state. Of the same state. Yes. Wow. I mean, like, see, as I said, he's, I mean, our generation doesn't know how much of a badass this person was. So, as I said, you, even if you give me his son's name or tell me it's like this person's father, I'll give it to you. It's frankly a crime that we, I mean, like most people that I've talked to have not heard of this person. I mean, like when I tell him that this is, you know, this chief minister's father, they are like, oh, okay. But when you tell him all the badass things, I mean, like, literally, I wouldn't be able to fit all the badass things he's done into a question. It's just this man has lived a life that would be, it would read stranger than fiction. If you wrote it in a novel, people would be like, please. <laughs> wow, interesting. Okay. No, I, I definitely need a hint. Okay. So whatever hint you want to give me. I will give you a hint. He, this is the only hint I can give. His uh, son... And he were chief ministers of Odisha. Naveen Patnaik? It is Naveen Patnaik's father. Yeah, I mean Naveen Patnaik. I was actually going to say Naveen Patnaik because I know his father was, but I had no idea his father was such a... Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah <laughs> seriously, okay. I, I'm, I'm, going to, I'm going to go that into a little detail. But uh, Naveen Patnaik's father, of uh, fondly called Biju Patnaik, but who was born... Biju Patnaik, Bij- right, yeah. Bijayananda Patnaik. Okay. okay. Now... 
let me just get into the badassery of this man a little bit. He met Jawaharlal Nehru during his participation in the Indonesian freedom struggle and became one of his trusted friends. When the Dutch attempted to quell Indonesian independence in uh, July 1947, President Sukarno uh, ordered the uh, ordered Shajir, the former Prime Minister of Indonesia, to leave the country to attend the first Inter-Asia Conference, which was organized by Nehru in 9, July 1947 and to foment international public opinion against the Dutch. Right. But then Shajir was not able to leave Indonesia. So Nehru asked Biju Patnaik to rescue this guy along with uh, other Indonesian freedom fighters. Biju Patnaik and his wife Gyanwati, who's also a pilot, by the way, amazing lady, flew to Java, dodging the Dutch guns, entered Indonesian airspace, landed on an improvised strip near Jakarta, using leftover fuel from abandoned Japanese military dumps. He took off with prominent rebels, including Sultan Shajir, and Ahmad Sukarno for a secret meeting with Nehru in Delhi. For this act of bravery, he was given honorary citizenship in Indonesia and awarded the Bhumiputra, the highest Indonesian award rarely granted to a foreigner. In 1995, when Indonesia was separating uh, celebrating its 50th Independence Day, Biju Patnaik was awarded the highest national award, the Bintang Jasa Utama. In 2015, Sukarno's daughter, Megavati Sukarno Putri, recounted how it was Patnaik who suggested that she be named Meghavati, or Daughter of the Clouds. She became Indonesia's first female president, serving from 2001 to 2004. Patnaik was also close to Indira Gandhi, who took over the Congress party in 1967. But after the presidential election in 1969, they clashed. He left the Congress and formed a regional party. In the 1971 assembly poll, his party did well, and uh, Patnaik then re-established contact with Jayaprakash Narayan. And when the emergency was declared in 75, Biju Patnaik was one of the first to be arrested along with other opposition leaders. You should really read about this man. He, I'm, his war exploits are just wow, legendary. His wife, another badass person. And by the way, the infant son that he left behind, well, he and his wife went on a mission from which there was no guarantee they would come back from. That was Naveen Patnaik. God damn, that is one hell of a story. That is so cool. I'm, I'm just thinking when you were telling me the story, it sounded like a, a Top Gun Maverick level of, you know, uh, know. bravado and... and <laughs> This this deserves to be in film. I don't know why it hasn't been made. And uh, I'm I'm I'm, fr- I'm fr- frankly really surprised. You know, it's it is shocking to me that Akshay Kumar has not you know volunteered to play Vijayanda <laughs> <laughs> Patnaik. You have put it out there in the universe. There is soon going to be a Biju starring Akshay Kumar. <laughs> yeah, in the works. Probably naming the title Meghanand. <laughs> What a great, great piece of trivia. Love that. Wow. And again, like you said, I, I knew Naveen Patnaik and his father were in uh, politics and presumably chief ministers, but damn, I had no idea that there was such I mean, a seriously, fantastic uh, story. He, okay, by the way, three flags that uh, were draped across his coffin when he died were the flags of India, Russia and Indonesia. Now, there may be other individuals, but I could not find any other individual who had three flags over their coffin. That's a oh, very, very cool. rare honor. Good good for uh, the Pataks. Yeah. 
<laughs> so next question your turn so this uh, particular form of entertainment uh, was given its name based off of the sponsorship that it received so the name that it is known of known as came from the sponsors so type of sponsors that they had hmm. what form of entertainment that has been long running for for perhaps almost uh, close to a century a slightly short of a century uh, is is being referred to here what am i talking about okay so we are talking about a form of entertainment which was got its name because of the type of sponsors it had uh-huh. it's not vaudeville right not vaudeville no, not vaudeville uh soapbox no wait soapbox entertainment right. no uh wait no that's apple card no isn't there something about a soapbox i know i'm i'm thinking of something else okay no that was a random guess um okay i need a clue of some sort here okay i'm trying to think of a clue which would uh, be <laughs> app it is it aimed at uh, the mostly uh, female population this particular form of entertainment soap opera soap opera is the right answer which is why i was just like oh you were right there was soap box <laughs> yeah. okay okay I, i don't know why i was thinking soap box i was thinking of actually an apple cart you know people you know standing on apple carts and doing something i i don't know oh, what okay. kind of connection my brain was making but then suddenly for some reason i went from apple cart to soap box and i was thinking what the hell am i thinking i'm like okay that's a dumb that's that's, that's dumb quite, connection my brain <laughs> free flowing connection stream of consciousness oh yeah you, you don't want to be inside my head frankly <laughs> it's like a dystopian landscape inside hey honestly half the time it just uh, entertains me and it blows me away so when <laughs> what is happening in there keep it going <laughs> and uh, as per usual you got that right it is okay. a soap opera uh, soap operas were named because soap and detergent commercials which were the main sponsors of the shows were originally broadcast during the shows and they were aimed at women who were presumably cleaning their house at the time of viewing and uh, so the main uh, target audience were women uh, they thought that women cleaning the house would also want to be perhaps shown commercials which was related to cleaning and so soap and detergent commercials and that's how those soap operas came to be known as soap operas that was my nice. title question nice nice okay uh, let's move from tv to uh, movies okay X this individual is an Irish born actor raised in Leeds England he's been nominated 8 times for the best actor oscar but never won it once he was bestowed the special oscar for lifetime achievement in 2003 but he tried to turn it down stating that he was still in the game and would like more time to Win the lovely bugger outright. <laughs> Who's this actor? Sean Connery? No, 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 no. No, frankly, I don't think Sean Connery is. Uh, I'm willing, with all due respect to this gentleman, I don't think he's done anything that would warrant eight Academy Award, you know, Academy Award nominations. Okay. Nominated eight uh, times for Best Actor. Sir Ian McKellen. 
a very good candidate but no close close he would be i think a if not a contemporary maybe slightly one generation prior to ian mckellen i'd have to look at the ages oh. to confirm but yeah i think he was maybe like 10 15 years older oh okay um are there any other hints for maybe the body of work for this actor you know him for sure that is a guarantee uh-huh. if more if uh-huh. nothing else if i tell you the movies that he has been nominated for okay i'll give you two level clues i'll give you the clues of the actors who actually won the oscars the years that he was nominated he was nominated okay uh-huh. it's an indirect clue i'm just trying to torture you a little bit so <laughs> the first time was 1962 he was nominated but the award went to gregory peck for to kill a mockingbird Okay. Again nominated in 64 but it went to Rex Harrison for My Fair Lady. Okay. Then in 68 went to Cliff Robertson for Charlie. 69 it went to John Wayne for True Grit. 72 it went to Marlon Brando for The Godfather. In 80 it went to Robert De Niro for Raging Bull. In 82 it went to Ben Kingsley for Gandhi and in 2006 it went to Forrest Whitaker for The Last King of Scotland. Well, well, two thousand six. I definitely remember the Oscars, and uh, Forrest Whitaker is uh, that that guy was a fantastic actor. Is it Michael Caine, by any chance? No, no, it's not Michael Caine. So I'm trying to think of British actors, but then you said he's Welsh or Scottish. What did you say? Scottish. Irish born. Irish. So that's Sorry. Irish born. So it's it's quite obvious from his name that he is Irish. or maybe oh. yeah irish irish yeah mostly irish or scottish you wouldn't confuse it as an english name mm, even though he's become completely the you know he's played so many english characters okay i'll give you this he's uh, most of his nominations have come for uh, at least three of them have come for playing historical characters like oh. they're not period pieces it isn't lawrence olivier right no oh, well no it's you said it's a very not lawrence olivier no Okay, I'll give you the movies. I'll tell you the movies that he was nominated for. Going, working myself backwards, working backwards, right? So, okay. because if I tell you the one, the first one, you'll get it immediately. So, I'm just going to go backwards. In 2006, okay. it was for the movie Venus. In Venus, 1982, okay. it was for My Favorite Year. In 1980, it was for the Stunt Man. In oh 72, okay. it was for the Ruling Class. Okay. 69 it was for goodbye mr chips oh okay. 68 it was the lion in winter 64 and... it was beckett and Ooh. 62 Ooh. For... okay okay beckett beckett uh, uh, is that guy that guy the the tall dude the really tall dude yes the really tall dude blue eyes he was miscast in uh, i'm guessing the the first film was lawrence of arabia yes it uh, is lawrence of arabia lawrence of arabia lawrence of arabia lawrence of arabia he was miscast because lawrence of uh, arabia was not that tall but they he cast wasn't him that tall he was not that tall and that was one of the most uh, uh, historically inaccurate casting in that way but he did a fantastic job oh my god what's his name What is that guy's name? Um, it is. I am gonna. I am gonna go outside and kick myself after this podcast recording. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it is uh, something Mc 
no i'm trying to no, be no, sportish no. and irish no, he was, he was uh, you you might say he was something of a tool it is peter or tool yes it is peter oh, it is peter or tool yes it is of course it is so peter shamus or tool was the son of a scottish nurse and an irish metal plater uh so you know his uh, you know achievements all the movies he's made you don't need you don't need me to tell you all of this i'll just tell you about a small snippet regarding his lifetime achievement award in 2002 the academy honored him with an uh, academy honorary award for uh, his entire body of work and lifelong contribution to film he uh, balked at accepting and wrote to the academy a letter saying that he was still in the game and would like more time to win the lovely bugger outright the academy informed him that they would bestow the award whether he wanted it or not he told chalry rose in january 20 2007 that his children admonished him saying that it was the highest honor one could receive in the film industry otol agreed to appear at the ceremony and receive his honorary oscar it was presented to him by mel meryl streep who has the most oscar nominations of any actor or actress He joked with Robert Osborne during an interview at Turner Classic Movies Film Festival that he's the biggest loser of all time due to his <laughs> lack of academy awards even after eight nominations. Wow. A very very good actor. I haven't seen a lot of his films but the few I've seen very So Lion in Winter you have to see the Lion in Winter. I have not seen that one. I'll check it out. No, it's it's mm. just amazing. Goodbye, Mr. Chips. It's very, uh, you know, I watched Goodbye, Mr. Chips when I was very young, and I didn't quite get it. Uh, mm. When you watch it as an adult, it hits you a little differently. Oh, you have to okay. get used to the camera angles and the camera movement, which is very different from the kind of editing and you know cinematography that we have now. But once you get right. immersed into it, now it's just it's a brilliant film. You know, I felt a similar vibe from like Kurosawa films. because um, mm. i i wanted to watch something different from the usual hollywood and that's when i first encountered one of the biggest names outside of uh, the us and i realized uh, you are so used to watching films of a certain grammar and yeah. a certain way of of storytelling that when you watch something very different coming from a different background it is jarring initially like kurosawa's yes, editing and stuff is very iconically kurosawa and he holds and a shot he mm. holds a shot for a long time mm-hmm. i what what is that movie the uh, there is a movie about the nameless samurai who comes to town yoshido no seven samurai is not the nameless samurai. no no not seven samurai so there's a, there's one which it's been remade uh, a number of times um i'm trying to remember not, the name not of the movie not rashomon either No, no, not Rashomon. Rashomon. I have another trivia for Rashomon. Rashomon is just a classic. I watched that uh, movie many times. I can't remember the name of this movie. It's about a, a you know a nameless samurai who comes to a town, and then you know he. It's like Shane. I think Shane was inspired by this movie. If I'm not mistaken. Okay. Yeah. We shall we shall fact check this later. Fact check that, please, please. It was just. Okay. A, I'm not sure if Shane was inspired by it, but it, it's a very similar kind of, you know, concept. uh ronin coming to town hey. but you're right kurosawa's grammar his uh, way of shooting things is so different it takes a, it's it's almost a shock watching mm. it for the first time it's almost a shock and if you're used and, to this and, kind of you know snappy editing yeah it is rewarding though once you once you start yes. uh, getting used once to you, it yes once you once you get used to it yes i totally agree 
you know that uh, that famous scene in rashomon where he throws a dagger and pins a leaf onto a tree yeah 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 i that so i was i watched that and then i read a piece of trivia about it and i went watched it again so the, okay. uh, in those days there were no special effects so this is a movie from the 40s so uh, he had to shoot a scene where the samurai throws a knife and it's you know spirals through the air and hits a floating leaf and pins it to a tree now he right. wasn't able to do that because there's no special effects at the time so what he did mm-hmm. was he did it in reverse he pinned a dagger to a leaf had a very small thin twine and then yanked it shot that and for the movie he put it in reverse <laughs> that was, was ingenuity say, that that is a very very smart filmmaker obviously yeah, yeah. wonderful that's like a very lovely piece of additional trivia for us thanks yes. thank you okay i believe that is back to me this is a connect question so connect these oh entities mm-hmm. um jung ilwu okay macau okay honeycomb tof- toffee and covid uh is this um, that netflix series uh, what is it called squid games no squid game no, no it's called it's not squid game no it's not squid game okay is jung ilwu in squid game i, I don't know i don't know. i mean is... i don't think so no No, listen, he's not in Squid Game. No, when he said honeycomb toffee, I was like, okay, it must be that uh, the cracker thing that they try to oh, cut. Oh, no, that's a great guess, but no, no. Okay. Jangil Wu, Macau, right? Macau. Is this Connect a movie? It's not. Oh, it's not a movie. It's not a movie. Okay, my, I'm because by the moment you said Jungle Wu, I'm I'm thinking of movies and what movies it could be, and I was thinking with okay, no, so it's not a movie. No, it's not a movie. Is it the Hong Kong protests? No. Hong Kong protests? No, no, it's no. not. It's not. Hmm. So let me again repeat the four things. Okay, this is a South Korean actor Jungle Wu. Yes. Macau. Okay. Honeycomb Toffee, and. um covid 19 what is gambling south korean actor covid and toffee have in common gambling it's not to do with movies no my mind keeps going to uh, for some reason to uh, gambling is perhaps not the not the connect to macau that that uh, would help here okay huh hmm. what else is macau famous for I'm very ignorant about the place. The only thing I know about is, you know, uh, gambling and the casinos in Macau and the hotels and whatnot. Uh, fair enough, but no, in this case, it Macau is just the place that uh, would connect these things. So it it isn't so much about what Macau is famous for. Macau just happened to be the place that connects. It'll be clearer <laughs> once you know the answer. <laughs> um, okay, give me another clue. So the honeycomb uh, toffee that I'm talking about is a Korean honeycomb toffee, and the connect is literally that toffee actually, <clears throat> or the name of the toffee rather. So I I would not fault you even for the uh, the slightest moments if you don't know this answer because you no, no, wait, meet wait, for wait. a frontline worker during COVID nineteen. but for the rest Wait, of no, us no no something some, something has come to mind 
Okay. But if you ask me why the, my brain made this connection, I wouldn't be able to tell you. Okay. Is it that coffee thing? You are just a genius. What was it called? That, what is it called? The thing where they keep whipping the coffee till it becomes I don't know, like some kind of paste. No, before before I answer that question, Vineet, I need to tell you that, uh, or I need to ask you rather, does the G in your name stand for genius? Is it Vineet's genius <laughs> no. liar? Is it... <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 please, not on the podcast. It is, okay. um, it is uh-huh. just fantastic how you correct it, and I would love to someday know how when you figure no, out. I wouldn't be able to tell you for some reason. It just, like I said, now soapbox, apple cart. It, it just, <laughs> went, I just made a connection. I am trying to understand how the connection came through. Just. Yeah, I feel like you make it tough for our uh, audience. Wait, to is it, this jung- is I, I think Jungle Who had a, a TikTok you, or something. Right, you're right, you are right, you are absolutely right. The answer is Dalgona Coffee. The answer is Dalgona. Dalgona, Dalgona. Okay, yes, I'm trying to remember the name of that, that, that thing. It was. No, uh, you got it right. It's fine. I'll give it to you. Dalgona what's the connection with Macau? So, uh, South Korean actor Jungle Woo uh, was doing a TV show called Star's Top Recipe. And uh, in this uh, particular show, he would visit uh, different uh, outlets and they would would try different things at all these eateries. Uh, Uh In a a Macanese coffee shop called Whiting Coffee, uh, there was this this particular drink being served. And it wasn't called Dalgona Coffee back then. It's just that when Jungle Woo had it, he was reminded of the Korean honeycomb honeycomb toffee, which is and, also called uh, which is called dalgona. That's the one that's called dalgona, and he likened it to that, and that's how dalgona coffee became popular. This was aired in January 2020, and obviously by during COVID, the time March, yeah, right. it became March popular during around, COVID. It became massively viral on TikTok. And everybody started uh, making their own Dalgona coffee, uh, which also has a small India connect again, because a lot of people compared it to Fitty Hui coffee or beaten coffee, as is served in a lot of uh, Indian places as well. Uh, The only difference being over there that uh, there is milk that is added to beaten coffee in India. In this case, it was uh, whipped. uh, No, they whip uh, coffee grounds and sugar first, right? Yeah, so milk is uh, so the way that it's been, uh, it's written down at least in this article is milk is poured on top of the whipped mix rather than spooning the whipped mix on top of the milk. So that is the difference okay. between uh, Dalgona coffee as uh, was shown on the show versus beaten coffee in India. But yes, the connect is absolutely spot on. It is uh, Dalgona coffee. You're right. Mm. The math max pain in my brain works again. <laughs> <laughs> you are you're on the right track. Yes. Okay. This is a connect. Since that you since you gave me a connect, I'm gonna hit back at you and give you a connect. <laughs> Not a connect per se, it's like a list. It's a listicle. Let's just put it this way. It's somewhere in half in between. The following, okay, are the names of chess pieces in Persian. Okay. Okay. Sarbaz, Azb, Peel, Firz, X and Y. So I give you four. Sarbaz, Azb, Peel, Firz. And then there's X and Y. I need you to tell me what X and Y are. Hmm. These are just chess pieces, right? Yes, these are chess pieces. Um, Wazir? 
good guess but no a little more common than that something you would know you uh, know this but you don't know that this is this basically let's just put it this way <laughs> okay um, i guarantee you 150% that you have heard of x and y you've heard them together and uh, you bet you may have never made the connection that this is what it is from the world of chess yes oh interesting okay um could you repeat the names again okay the i'll i'll okay i'll give you a clue as well as we go along yeah perhaps. right yeah, the right. first one is sarbaz Mm-hmm. Sarbaz is uh, basically soldier, infantryman, or pawn. Okay. Azb, mm-hmm. also known as Faraz in Arabic, is horse or knight. Okay. Peel or alfil, which is in Arabic, is elephant. Okay. Uh, Firz is counselor. I think what we would call a queen. Right. Okay, or basically minister. I remember when I was a kid, my when we used to play chess, when my father taught me chess, he used to call the queen always, you know, the minister, because he they used to have their own appellations for the same. So I'm guessing it's from this. Uh, what is missing? Just think of what's missing, and then try uh, putting that into it, and you may get the answer. What did we miss? We got the rook, we got the knight, we got the queen, we missed the king. And the bishop. Yes, we did miss the king and uh, something and else as well. You've got something wrong in your uh, countdown. So go over that once again, please. Uh, pawn, you said infantry. Um, you yes. said knight, you said uh, horse, right? I believe. Yeah, yes, horse. horse or knight, yes. Didn't you say elephant? Yes, I did say elephant. So that would be the rook, right? I don't know. <laughs> am, I, am I just naming it wrongly oh my god am I embarrassing myself on a podcast wait um, the the castle uh, is that is that not what okay, it's called just keep keep thinking keep thinking I, okay I, I just I thought the two left were the bishop and the king uh, okay let's just assume that it's not the bishop so what would it be mm-hmm. as in what oh, in your list it's not the bishop is already covered Let's oh, just so assume that Rook the bishop is... Rook is the one that I'm probably misnaming. Yes, 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 yes. Okay, so okay. what, what, so what are the, which are the two that you have missing right now? It now is the... I've gone past that embarrassment of uh, <laughs> not chess pieces. Uh, the Rook and the King. Um, yes. Now try that in uh, Persian. Yeah, I do speak fluent Persian. <laughs> I, um, yeah. <laughs> and Farsi speaker. Um, I, I know it is Shah, uh, which is where Shah, Shah Mat checkmate comes from. Yes, yes. Okay, uh, you are very close. So is Shah the king? Am I, am I? You have to give me both. You can't give me one. Oh, I know. The rook is called Amit and uh, the king is called Shah. It's uh, Amit Shah, obviously. <laughs> Do you want to get <laughs> <Yeah>. cancelled? <laughs> No. Um, though you are close though yeah. with your uh, joke, even though how horrible, and I apologize to everyone uh, for that horrible <laughs> joke, but uh, you are close to oh, the actual no, answer. No. Is it actually somebody's name with Shah? Uh, I don't know. Some famous person whose name is Shah. <laughs> oh my 
my god with this i don't know as i swear okay uh, <laughs> oh i i'm just thinking of my classmates who were called because i had a bunch of them when i was at amdava yeah <laughs> i don't think they are the ones that you are referring to here no no um, okay let me just put it this way again a last clue before mm-hmm. i give you the answer is that yes, uh, let's just put together put the what are the what are the missing ones what are the missing the chess rook, pieces the rook the rook and the king okay and the what is oot, what are your names oot, for the same i don't know oot i don't know because i'm thinking camel oot i don't know i have literally no other name for it in no Persian. okay uh, wait 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 hold on uh shah something shah shah jahan no that doesn't make any sense um you are going to kill yourself oh man am i oh yeah that's that's not new at all <laughs> every episode <laughs> um no i either i hand out the sign then give me the answer yeah just give it to me yeah okay so uh king in arabic uh-huh. is shah as uh-huh. you said and rook in arabic is rukh it's shah rukh Oh my god come on <laughs> <laughs> So Shah and Rukh uh, basically means king and rook Interesting interesting Is that though the name uh, the, is is it the same or does it sound similar No I think it's the same because the pronunciation the oh, spelling is the same everything is the same Shah Rukh Khan S R K for uh, okay. uh, for those non Indian uh, you know listeners of our podcast uh we mm-hmm. do have them you know i'm not just saying things uh so <laughs> <laughs> so uh for them sharukh khan is uh, probably the biggest actor in the world in terms of fan following his name is sharukh khan khan which is a very popular uh, pathan surname and shah and rukh apparently mean king and rukh so he's named after not one but two chess pieces so he has a he has an unfair advantage from the get go because <laughs> uh, the only reason i asked is because i thought that rook was a uh, face we'll have to probably fact check this we'll and maybe it is similar yeah. maybe no, so because i i came to go. know that in persian rook means rook and shah me and king means uh, shah so i was like oh this is a brilliant question <laughs> so i i literally just yeah well it sounds similar even if it isn't the exact no, I, was, I, was, uh, i was just okay. waiting for you to go from amit shah then you went to shah jahan and i was like okay he's going to go down the alphabet train now <laughs> <laughs> shah rukh didn't occur to me that is really strange okay <laughs> funny but uh, lovely little if nothing else a coincidence that's a cute piece of trivia yes if nothing else a coincidence um so we are on to my question okay what was designed by three italian designers piero gatti cesare paolini and franco teodoro in 1968 when they observed what their workers were doing during their break time during their smoke breaks and their break times what did these designers come up with can you name those designers again please uh, the names perhaps won't uh, give the clue won't help but i'll but i will give you the names again anyways piero uh, gatti cesare paolini and franco okay. teodoro paolini why am i thinking ferrari for some reason no it isn't nothing uh, to do with ferrari nothing nothing even close to that no 
Okay, let me bring you a bit closer. Uh, this is for, they used to work for a company called Zanota. Uh, and uh, this was a furniture company. So they did, uh, they watched what people were doing during their lunch breaks. Mm -hmm. Smoking breaks or cigar breaks or lunch breaks. And coffee, they designed something. Break, whatever breaks. Yeah. This is the coffee table. Comes... Please don't tell me it's a coffee table. No, it is not the coffee table. No. Oh, is it an ashtray? Did they design it's the first ashtray? It's not an ashtray either. No, it's I'm not down, an okay. ashtray. I'm just being silly now. <laughs> hmm. uh, so it is 1960s we are talking about. So something a lot more you would associate with, with the 60s and, and more modern than an ashtray. Okay, I need a clue. You'll have to give me a clue. Okay, let me see if this helps. Um, the original version of this now, the, the, the normal um, or uh, the common name for it is what I'm looking for. So the original uh, product was called Sako. 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 The original product was called Sako. They observed people doing something during their cigarette breaks or lunch breaks. Coffee breaks, cigarette, whatever breaks. Uh, and in a furniture company. So they were working in a furniture company. They observed their workers doing something, something during their breaks. Mm -hmm. And they realized that this is a potential idea that they should create. Nope, no idea. Sako. Okay, let me add on a little bit more. The target user was mm -hmm. the lax hippie community and their non-conformist household. Okay. The non-conformist household. Wait, is this a beanbag? You are absolutely right. It is a <laughs> beanbag. <laughs> very, very well Non-conformist community hippies. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. Lounging so, around basically. They saw, specifically, they saw their workers resting on bags of styrofoam. So oh. styrofoam, which would be used to pack uh, other furniture, perhaps. Yes, uh, yes. They would see these bags which are filled with styrofoam. They, their uh, staff would be sitting on those bags during the coffee and cigarette breaks. And uh, <laughs> that's how the idea for the beanbag came to them. And they called it sacco, which is in Italian, I believe, sack. Uh, obviously, ah, okay, okay, the, uh, okay. Yeah, the shape I, uh, of the small confession here. Uh, when you said sacco, I had heard it as sacco, and I was thinking. So when you said non-conformist and furniture and people lounging around, I was thinking uh -huh. of something that they would sit in and be sucked into. <laughs> no, no, not uh, sacco, but sacco, S-A-C-O, sacco, which was the first uh, ever beanbag made by the company Zanota. And uh, that's how Beanbags came to be. Yeah. But it's, it's an unpopular opinion, but I never liked, liked Beanbags. Oh, not even as a child? No, I've never been a fan of Beanbags. I like something with a lot of support. Whether it's my mattress or whether it's my sofa, I like a lot of support. Beanbags seem so out of control, you know. You can't control your posture, you can't control anything. I know this is outing myself as a control freak, but still, I just, I just don't enjoy them. <laughs> and sometimes when you get in them, especially after a meal, it's very difficult to get out. Uh, at this point, I would like to tell our listeners that uh, I do not want to do these questions, these stupid questions that I ask at the end. <laughs> it is beneath controlling nature that makes me do this. 
and uh, i am blinking <laughs> twice for anybody to <laughs> yes uh, he is blinking for a podcast you know that yes. that, that, that <laughs> you are to tell yeah. everything <laughs> ah man no wonder <laughs> no wonder vinith is the g genius in this podcast <laughs> that's right i i had the glamour <laughs> question on the podcast <laughs> which is true which is true aditya is uh, definitely the better looking one I have no I have a face which was made for podcasting. <laughs> no see that that's that that's uh, updating the old adage no he has a face made for radio <laughs> made for radio <laughs> and a voice made for newspapers yes. Um <laughs> <laughs> okay okay so that was a fun uh, fun note yes that is i believe the end of our episode yes that's the end of our episode but before i do my you know wind up uh, spiel uh, aditya do you have a question please note i'm asking this in a very relaxed <laughs> voice i am no way controlling him that's i mean you unless you are uh, susceptible to hypnotism in which case your people <laughs> around you may be just asking you random questions by now <laughs> okay um if uh, there was such an outfit from bollywood which would be considered the most expensive ever as was the case of the black dress which uh, iconic outfit would that be and uh, this is my question for next week <laughs> uh, yes yes uh, yes so everybody you've heard it uh send us your answers if you're interested let's see if you can go <laughs> as low as aditya uh so thank you that's for that's all for this episode we hope you enjoyed the show if you liked what you heard please consider subscribing to our podcast leave us a review on your podcast platform pressing that button and leaving a review will take you 5 seconds max i promise uh, it'll help us reach a wider audience allows more people to discover and enjoy the show we'd also love to hear from you feedback suggestions trivia poor joke answers to whatever question aditya vomits out at the end of every episode and sponsorships <laughs> please sponsor us sponsor uh, you can us. reach us on instagram at are you quizzing me we appreciate your support and look forward to sharing more episodes with you in the future but uh, as usual before we leave i'd like to inform you that just after the musical sting fact checker general aditya kashyap will be back to cover our asses for whatever we have blabbed during this episode that's all from me have a great day guys thank you so much bye and here's the fact check for the episode the movie shane was released in 1953 and was obviously not inspired by yojimbo which was released in 1961 However, Yojimbo has inspired countless other films including A Fistful of Dollars, Django, Incident at Blood Pass, Star Wars The Last Jedi, and the last episode of the animated series Samurai Jack. In Chaturanga, the earliest form of chess which originated in India, the piece now known as bishop was alfil, meaning elephant. In modern times, however, Hindi speakers associate elephant to the chess piece of rook and camel to the chess piece of bishop the word rook has multiple meanings in the context of chess it means chariot 
It also might refer to the mythological bird from Iranian literature, famously featured in 1001 Nights, helping Sinbad the sailor escape. The third meaning for Rukh is face. Sharuk, the name, means the face of a king or could also refer to the bird. And that's all for the fact check.